0: I'll be honest, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Not long after we arrived at our new parish in our new town in Wisconsin back in 2018, my wife and I were asked if we'd like to sign up to be regular adorers during our parish's weekly time of adoration that spanned from Wednesday morning to Thursday night. Perhaps too hastily, we agreed. I'll tell you what happened coming up next. helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to the show that's all about spiritual direction. Every weekday at 11 Central, we bring some of the finest spiritual directors in the country to give you some encouragement and inspiration for living out your Catholic faith today. This is The Inner Life, and I'm your host, Patrick Conley. Once we had agreed to become Eucharistic adorers at our parish, then came the obvious next question. What times for adoration were available? The answer came, midnight. Wow, not what we had originally envisioned. But since we were only occasional adorers up until then, we thought maybe this would be a good way to up our game when it came to adoration. It would take some sacrifice, getting to bed early, arising and going out in the middle of the night, and then getting back to sleep when we came home. But we figured all that, as said at the beginning, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Things started out okay. Not great, but okay. We dozily arose when our alarms blared out at 11.30 p.m., threw on some clothes, and drove the few miles to our chapel. Those first few weeks, it was sometimes a struggle, staying awake, for one thing, but also on staying focused during the hour assigned to us. But over time, things changed. That midnight hour of adoration slowly started to become a highlight of the week. Even though the flesh still sometimes grumbled, our spirits looked forward to it with anticipation. It even got to the point where if the person assigned at 1 a.m. failed to show up, we didn't mind staying the extra hour. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into because adoration became a tremendous gift to us much richer and much more life-giving than we had originally anticipated. Well, this Lent, maybe you're taking up or retaking up the practice of Eucharistic adoration or making a holy hour. Perhaps it's hard to know how to get started, how to make the hour seem not quite so long, or how to stay focused as we wrestled with early on. Well, today on the program, we're talking about making a holy hour. Joining us as our spiritual director is Father Tim Anastas. Father Tim is a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago and the associate chaplain at the St. Paul, John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Illinois in Chicago. Father Tim, welcome back to the inner life. Good to have you with us. Oh, it's so great to be here. I always look forward to this. This is so much fun. Oh, good. Yeah, I enjoy it, obviously, very much myself, so that's good.
1: <laughs> right. And I think
0: this is a really timely discussion, I think, making a holy hour, because a lot of people like to, as I put it before, up their game, up their Catholic game, so to speak, during Lent. So, uh, yeah, would you say that this is a common thing, that people are maybe taking on the uh, the obligation of doing a holy hour during Lent?
2: Absolutely. And maybe not a whole hour because all of us are so busy and life is busy being a parent, being a grandparent, like working in the world is hard. But like that idea of a holy hour is just to have intentional time with Jesus and to want to have that more because as human beings, we want to grow and we want to strive for greatness. And Lent is one of those times where uh, we it's like an excuse to strive for greatness. And it reminds us that, yeah, actually, what I want is to be
0: fully alive. What I want is to actually, yeah, be, be holy and to be close to the Lord. That's right. That's right. Well, and obviously, I mean, we've had numerous shows on this and I'm sure we'll have, we'll continue to have more. Obviously, one of the first places that starts is developing our prayer life, right? So take us into that. What just a simple definition, what is prayer, Father? Great question. And like church fathers
2: and saints have been answering that like in, in beautiful, different ways um, throughout the centuries. Mm. But it's all the, the, the common thread throughout all of the definitions of prayer is that it's your relationship with Jesus. Mm. Um, your prayer, prayer is your relationship with Jesus. Um, it's not like the thing that you do to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Prayer is. It actually is your relationship with Jesus Um, and so that is how we know him um, is through our prayer that's the way
0: that we can know him so yeah absolutely and that's a great way of describing it and everything and and Jesus himself of course is a great model of prayer we see that in the scriptures The number of times that he goes off perhaps by himself uh, up the mountainside or off into the wilderness uh, to pray and uh, he seemed to make a point of praying alone. What's the uh, what's the the benefit of praying alone?
2: Benefit of praying alone is getting away from all of the distractions of our life, um, even other people, to be with the Father alone. Um, it comes, yeah, it came from the heart of Jesus, but it's in all of our hearts too. That all of us and Anyone who is listening knows this. there's that little part of our heart, that, that little sliver that cannot be fulfilled, cannot be filled by anything from this world. As much as you may be addicted to delicious food and coffee and hanging out with friends or whatever is your thing that really fills your heart and gives you, gives you consolation, there's that one part that cannot be filled with anything other than Jesus with anything other than the, the Father. Um, and so when we go off by ourselves to pray, um, the Lord that um, fills that God-shaped hole within our hearts. Um, St. Augustine, of course, has that famous line, my heart you know, will be restless until it rests in you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that little sliver that is that God-shaped hole in our hearts, won't, it will always be restless until we fill it with Jesus. And right. so going off to pray, um, going b- off by ourselves, being alone, um, God God becomes the primacy. He becomes
0: the the first lover of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was chuckling there, Father, earlier on and what you were responding there, because I have poured a lot of coffee into that God-shaped hole, and you're absolutely right. right. It, just, it does not fill it up, right? Totally.
2: Just, yeah, and it just happened to me this morning. So at the Newman Center, where I'm located um, as the chaplain, we have a coffee shop there. Mm -hmm. And every morning we have a holy hour with the students from eight to nine. And uh, as soon as the holy hour was over, like the first thing on my mind was coffee. Like before looking at the calendar for the day, before whatever, I was like, I need, I need my Cortado. Um, And it just, it made, it made me realize it is so easy to, Mm -hmm. like our hearts are basically an idol making factory, you know, Wow, our hearts just create idols. And even when we want Jesus to be the center, that's why Lent is so important that we take away this idol-making factory in our hearts and we just keep Jesus at the center of everything
0: i think i really like that our hearts are an idol making factory i'm going to be chewing on that one for a while thank you for that father and uh <laughs> you're all yeah but i think i mean, you're hitting on something here that i think is is important to underscore here at the outset which is there are natural draws away from i mean it's it's not like uh, making a holy hour is something that we are just naturally drawn to it seems like more oftentimes than not as i was saying in my opening reflection you have to make a willful intentional decision That this is what there is a longing, as you've said, to be to, you know, our hearts are restless, as you as St. Augustine said. But nonetheless, to actually make that decision takes intentionality. It takes a choice.
2: It absolutely does. It takes intentionality. It takes a choice. It takes effort. It takes our will, Mm -hmm. um, because the only way that we can love is like through ourselves and through our bodies and making decisions like we can't just close our eyes and and like just make the love happen. We, we love, and we take action through, through ourselves. And so I think it was, um, Oh man, what's his, he's a director. He's a a movie maker, um, who I'm totally forgetting this director's name, but he's a famous director. He said 90% of success is just showing up. Hmm. Um, and even when it comes to our faith, it's, yeah, 90% of just our relationship with Jesus is just showing up to prayer and going to him. And he does the rest. Yeah, He like fills our hearts when we just have to make that effort to go to him in prayer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, Just showing up, right, yeah. Uh yeah, our director or our director. Yeah, well, he's our director. He's our producer as well. Nick had uh, just put in the chat here that that's Woody Allen, I believe that who you're referring to. Yeah, that's it, Woody Allen. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, just showing up. Ninety percent of that just uh, showing up, and that is something again that we said is it. It makes a makes an intentionality. So it takes that intentionality. So father if we're talking about mm-hmm. making a holy hour there are it's a, it's certainly possible people are listening and said holy hour what what in the world is that I've never heard of that before and I know growing up in a protestant mm-hmm. tradition we didn't use that type of language for you know time with the lord we'd use different terms to describe it but uh holy hour how would you define it
2: Yeah I go I always go back to Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane when he's with the apostles and they, you know, they're falling asleep and he's, you know, he wants to be with them. Um, and he wants to be with them, with the father um, in in the garden. And so Jesus has that famous line that o- always strikes my heart. He's like, will you not just spend an hour with me? Um, will you not just spend t- time with me? Stay stay awake with me. Like be, be in union with me. Here's this, here's the God of the universe who wants intimacy with us and to spend time with us he's not far away he's not up in the clouds waiting for us to i don't know mess up and and then you know scolding us he he is so close and he wants to be close and so the holy hour is sharing sharing in that closeness with jesus um and making that kind of the the pinnacle with with the holy mass of course the pinnacle of our day where we get we can just spend time with him spend time with the one who loves us perfectly yeah. So no matter if it's an actual hour or even if it's 10 minutes, you're a really busy mom or busy dad doing living your vocation, um, 10 minutes, that can be a holy hour where you just spend that 10 minutes with,
0: with Jesus and spend time with the one who loves you perfectly. Fantastic. Well, I tell you what, Father, let's uh, let's hear from some of our listeners as well. Are you a holy hour maker? Do you make holy hours? And if so, where do you pray? Do you pray in the Adoration Chapel? Do you make it a point to go to your local parish church? Do you have times and places set aside for holy hours? And what are some of the experiences that you had? Maybe you have questions about how do I make a good holy hour? What can I do? Maybe you're finding it that it's getting repetitive and boring. And what can I do to spice it up a little bit? Give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to have you on the program. Our toll-free studio line is 888-914-9149 and that is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, that's 888-914-9149. Or you can always send us an email innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father, one of the things that I'm uh, struck by, especially as you just brought up, well maybe it's 10 minutes and I think one of the one of the things that we have to take into consideration is time, but um, again, I think that that is that is something that we oftentimes use and is, is an, as an excuse too for not even spending ten minutes with the Lord. So, what would you say to somebody who's really wrestling with time? Maybe they they desire to do something like that, but they just can't seem to find the time.
2: Right, that's a great question, and a lot of us have that have that struggle finding finding time, um, and. I don't know maybe i because i'm a priest i don't know enough about the working world but it's hard to believe that you cannot find 10 minutes in your day just to give it to jesus um it's funny my spiritual director um at at the seminary that i went to he told me that yeah you know if you are crazy busy throughout the day you should be you know you should be doing an hour of prayer absolutely especially as a seminarian Um, but he said that he tells people, he tells his parishioners when he was in the parish, yeah, if you can do 10 minutes, that is is what the Lord wants to give your heart to the Lord for 10 minutes will, um, reverberate and it will, yeah, reverberate into eternity. Um, but it has to be at least 10 minutes because five minutes is the amount of time that, um, the amount of time you give to someone you may not like a lot. So Mm -hmm.
0: give them at least 10 minutes. Yeah, right, right, and uh, hopefully Bill on that there. And I have reflected with more than one spiritual director uh, in the past that it seems like if you give the Lord time, that He is the master of that, and then it seems like time opens up during your day. I, this is a this is a concept I'm trying to get across to some of the young people that I teach here at my parish. Is that you know what you give you give the Lord an hour for Mass on Sunday, you give the Lord ten minutes a day in prayer. Just watch, just watch how he opens up your schedule in the day. Right, absolutely. And God is, you're right. He is the Lord of
2: time. He is the master of time. And what do we do? We make time an idol and we make time a God. And we in, in a way, as human beings, we give time too much authority. Hmm. Uh, it's so easy to give time the authority to dictate to dictate us when when we keep God at the center, and when we give him time, he gives us, he gives us abundance um, and we're more fully alive. Bishop yeah. Barron always talked about that. He talked about when you keep God at the center, um, then everything else from your life, um, your your work, your family, um, your, your leisure, uh, everything
0: flows from that and you can live a well-ordered life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great point as well. Well, I want to get into, you know, well, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll take this opportunity to go into break because um, there's some really important things, I think, about getting ourselves ready for making a holy hour. And then what do we do once we get there? That's what I really want to get into, because sometimes that can be a little intimidating as well. But first, another uh, another pitch out to our listeners. Hey, if you're a regular maker of holy hours, if this is something that's become a regular part of your spiritual life, we'd love to hear some encouragement from you as well. Or perhaps again, maybe you have some questions about how do I make a good holy hour? What can I do? How can I foster that and really grow in my practice of that? Give us a call. Our number is again, 888-914-9149. Again, eight eight eight-nine one four-nine one four nine. Our email address is inner life at relevantradio.com. Lots more of the conversation coming up on making a holy hour with our spiritual director, Father Tim Anastas, coming up right after this short break. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers, invites high school juniors, seniors, and recent graduates to study the great books this summer at UD's two-week-long RTA program while earning three hours of college credit. Info at relevantradio.com slash UDallas. Very good. Little time on meditation there for you as we come back to the inner life, talking about making a holy hour today, really drawing close to the Lord. And, uh, you know, there's many ways to do that during Lent. And by the way, if you haven't checked out Father Rocky's little Lenten lessons on the Mass, the videos that he's sending out, man, this is really opening up the Mass for me. I'm sure it is for many of you as well. But check it out. Sign up to receive these short videos just explaining each aspect of the Mass in your email inbox by going to relevantradio.com slash Lent. That's relevantradio.com slash Lent. Speaking with our spiritual director today, Father Tim Anastas from the Archdiocese of Chicago, Associate Chaplain at the St. John Paul II Newman Center at the University of Illinois in Chicago, on making a holy hour. So, Father, I wanted to get into the specifics of, I mean, it, I suppose it's good to go into these things with somewhat of a plan, would you say?
2: Absolutely. Just like anything that we want to do well. Um, anything that we want to do excellently of course there there should be a plan involved Um, not so much that it is totally rigid and you cannot stray um, from the rigidity and from the rules but um, it's it's a relationship and so are you prepared to meet the Lord and are you prepared do you have a plan um, to to listen to him and to get closer to him so yes it's definitely good to have a plan
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so i know that there are many things uh that could be um could be permissible as it were and and or beneficial when we go into uh, a holy hour and i'm thinking specifically now and i realize this what you were saying before father is that this doesn't necessarily mean the entirety of an hour and it doesn't necessarily have to be when uh, the blessed sacrament is exposed in the monstrance either in eucharistic adoration But that's, I think, commonly associated with that. But there are many things that we can do during that time. Any suggestions, or how would you outline, especially if somebody's just starting out? What should they anticipate, and what should they be prepared for in that holy hour?
2: Right. It's a great question, and a lot of us are really desiring that we and we want to know how. And honestly, the first and foremost if you were going to make a holy hour and you're going to enter into time with God, time with our Lord, first and foremost, show up. <laughs> That's the first yeah. thing. So mm-hmm. we do that. We show up. And then the second thing honestly is to, it's almost like when you go into a room uh, very easily, we can go into prayer like this. We go into a dark room and we don't turn the light on. Um, and you may know, That there's someone there you may not know but you just like sit in the dark that honestly doesn't make sense what you first have to do is turn on the light to see who you're with and to want to see them and for them to see you and so first and foremost when we go into prayer uh, we need to turn the light on we need to realize okay I am with Jesus now and he is with me and I get to spend this time with him he is so close to me right now as he has promised from all eternity and so first thing, show up. Second thing, turn on the light and recognize that you're with your Lord. You're with the, the one who loves you perfectly. So that's definitely the, the second thing is make sure the light is on. Make sure you're actually <laughs> just inviting yourself to be with Jesus. Um, and then I think especially to begin prayer, especially if you are beginning in this journey of making a holy hour, one of the easiest things to be able to listen to what God has to say to you and to have something to do at the beginning of your holy hour is to go through the gospel for the day. There is nothing better than receiving God's word than diving into scripture. Um, If you don't have a Bible, you can get one on Amazon very easily or go to your local Catholic Bible shop. I don't know if they have Bible shops, but you know, you can get a Bible very easily and the easiest thing is to dive into the gospel for the day. The Catholic Church is so awesome that um, the church gives us a gospel every single day. You go to mass and you hear that gospel. And what is so beautiful, if you do the holy hour before you go to mass or after you go to mass, you are reading that same gospel in your holy hour, then you hear that gospel again at mass And then you hear a priest talk about that gospel and give a homily on that gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you, all of a sudden, you are immersed in the word of God and you're immersed in the same gospel passage um, for the whole day. And so God will absolutely work through that. So that's my invitation. If you don't know what to do when you first begin your holy hour, go to the gospel of the day um, and allow yourself to... Um, Let a phrase or let a word or let an image in that passage uh, speak to you and whatever is striking you, then talk to Jesus about it. It's it's something that is so ancient. It's called Lectio Divina, divine reading, um, where all of us can practice this. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's very good. I like it. Father Tim Anastas is our spiritual director today talking about making a holy hour. If you have ways or suggestions, tips on what you do during your holy hour to draw closer to the Lord, give us a call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or call in and ask your questions about holy hours as well. Let's go to the phones. Father, we've got Elizabeth calling in from Newark, California. Elizabeth, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in.
1: Thank you. I love your show, and uh, appreciate relevant radio and I wanted to say that um i i uh started doing um adoration when I was in my thirties and I'm now sixty and uh i I didn't want to do the hour commit to an hour and the nun the a good friend she said no you you have to you have to commit just give me an hour so I committed to. I had to commute and I had a stressful career, so I committed to it 10 o'clock at Monday night and uh, it was, it was the best thing I could ever do in my life. Sorry, (laughs) I still get tears because I'm so grateful, but um, uh, I'll just tell you that um, it was the most peace in my life that I've ever had and I would do the rosary like they ask in the beginning and then I I would open up the Bible to whatever passage the Bible opened to and I'm not I would just read it sit there reflect and I would have answers to any issue or problem I was having hmm. and uh, this is just the beginning of it you know I've had a lot of miracles I've had a lot of blessings and um so I'm grateful to God for that, uh, for making that commitment, and I still go to adoration once a week, and um, I am so grateful for that time with God. And uh, I will say that um, my fa- I'm one of ten children, and my father had three jobs, And he would do adoration and would take me as a kid, wow. and uh, and I was like ten or something, you know. I really didn't appreciate it but I now I thoroughly appreciate it. And I'm just grateful for our faith. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you, Elizabeth. That is incredibly beautiful um, that here is the Lord in the Eucharist who has conformed your heart closer to his. It's amazing to hear that like age 30, you started going to adoration and now you're 60 years old or so. And just imagine like how, how much like how much time that is, how, how many years that is where the Lord through Eucharistic adoration is just bringing you closer to him. And something that strikes me as well is just your dad bringing you to adoration. Wow. Um, if there's any dad or father or grandfather listening to this, that's that's like a, that's a good dad. That's a good father who will bring his kids to um, something even greater than himself and bringing them in front of the lord that they love there is there's nothing more powerful than a dad being able to do that for his kids so thanks for sharing that elizabeth
0: yeah elizabeth thank you so much for that and i appreciate the obviously the the meaning that it has has come to mean to you and the the way that it's led you closer and closer to the lord so grateful for that thank you for calling elizabeth nancy let's go to nancy now in minneapolis nancy welcome to the inner life
3: Hi, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I am actually just sitting in front of the Basilica, the beautiful Basilica of Minneapolis, on my way to noon Mass. And oh, I just wow. wanted to share. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, and so two months ago, um, that was sort of my Lenten uh, practice that I was going to try to adopt was going to daily Mass. Um, you know, I can go at 7 or 7.30 in the morning. I can go at noon. I could go at 5.30 p.m., um, and, you know, I was really struggling with my prayer life. I was, I was not good about making time for God. And I knew that if I did that, at least I would have, as you're calling it, that would be my holy hour, you know, um, and receiving Jesus in the Eucharist every day, it just sends me, you know, down the right road, right? I, I, how can I be angry if I've just walked out of church and have received Jesus? Um, it's either a beautiful way to start my day or to end the day. Um, and so that, that has been wonderful for me. And, um, this, this year, my, my commitment is to only listen to you guys on the radio when I'm in the car, no other garbage, um, (laughs) just to listen to 1330 and already, you know, like in a week's time, the things that I, you know, my mind has been opened up to and that I have learned, um, have been wonderful. So, um, and then I heard you talking about busy parents and, you know, we have four kids and. I'm amazed by the number of parents who bring their kids to 7.30 a.m. mass. It is like as a young parent, it never even occurred to me. Um, And I think it's such a it's just such a wonderful thing. Um, But, you know, for those parents, that's not realistic for everybody. But I I've heard countless priests talk about setting your alarm for 10 minutes earlier than you'd normally get up. Right all of us have 10 minutes, you know, and I set my alarm for all kinds of other things, right. To get the kids to basketball or to, you know, to do whatever it is. Um, So I would encourage those parents or the people who think that they're just too busy um, to think about that, right. Just giving yourself 10 minutes in the morning. Um, And I I think that you'd find extraordinary benefits from that.
2: Thank you, Nancy. That's very beautiful. And yeah, you're right. Everyone does have 10 minutes um, to share either, you know, to have that relationship with Jesus, um, just with you and him, but also, yeah, bringing your kids to, to mass or to adoration, there's nothing more powerful. And it reminds me one of my buddies who is a dad. Now he's a parent now for Lent. He's promising to just think more about eternity for his kids. Um, and what you were saying is reminding me of that, that when we, I think a lot of the times as parents, it's so easy to think about just the day to day. Like I need to make the lunch. I need to do this. I need to make sure the kids get to the sports and all those things, which are good. And you're being a good parent. But also, are you thinking about eternity for your kids? And so, yeah, it can be really, really helpful to um, th- that can give us the confidence to lead them to, to Jesus thinking about, yeah, I need to think about eternity for them. So thank you, Nancy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Nancy, and a and a good reminder too of that ten minutes that we can give to the Lord, and and what a what a just a bountiful fruit that can bear in our spiritual lives. Appreciate the call. Enjoy noon mass there at the Basilica. It is indeed a beautiful place. So we're talking about making a holy hour today with our spiritual director, Father Tim Anastas, and Father Tim. I think uh, some of the other things that we encounter, um, or that we're maybe afraid of, or people don't aren't necessarily drawn to it, or maybe an obstacle to it. What if maybe people have done it before? If they've done a holy hour before and they find it boring, I mean, you did mention uh, doing lectio divina, and that can be a great way of opening up the Lord speaking to us during this holy hour time. But uh, what if there's what if we just kind of run out of things to do? What are some suggestions of how can we how can we keep the conversation going, as it were?
2: Right great question. And I guess first and foremost, I want to say anyone who has experienced that, who goes, you've gone to adoration or you've done a holy hour, you've spent time in prayer and it's boring. um, Honestly, praise God for that. Um, Mm -hmm. There is something really good about um, being bored with with Jesus. Um, Just as any of you who are married, um, any of you who have a best friend, um, what a beautiful thing to be able to be bored With the one that you love, yeah,
0: Um,
2: and you have that. You have that. You have Jesus. You have you have the Father in heaven who um, is still loving you, even though you're bored. Uh, You never have to. I think so often we try to prove to God, like God, I need to prove that I love you. So I'm going to, you know, pray this rosary, do this Divine Mercy Chaplet. I'm going to schedule all these things during my prayer which are good prayers. Like having these prayers are very good and very fruitful, but, um, is it more about proving or is it more about being a child? Um, a child doesn't really have to prove anything to their parents because they know they're totally convicted that they're loved by the Lord. They're loved by their dad um, in heaven. So, um, yeah, if you're experiencing boredom, it's okay. And praise God for that. Allow yourself and give yourself permission to be bored with Jesus however um, yeah. also yeah also um, when it comes to being bored yeah if you just don't know what to do there are other things besides scripture that you can do um, one of my favorite things ever is imaginative prayer um, to um, imagine yourself in the in a scene of scripture and letting Jesus um, kind of speak to you. While you imagine yourself, whether you're close to Jesus in that scriptural scene, or maybe you're one of the apostles, or maybe you're Mary, um, or maybe you're just a bystander, because the Lord will use our feelings and our emotions, our imagination. Because guess what? Jesus created you. He created your imagination, and he wants to use that. Mm. your imagination is actually his. And so he loves to use um, our imagination is to draw us closer to Him. So that could be another help when it comes to maybe feeling bored.
0: What about the whole realm of spiritual reading, of doing outside of the scriptures, uh, Father, during during a holy hour? Right. Yeah,
2: spiritual reading is very, very helpful. Um, you n- never want to, I guess my caution is, you never want to make um, spiritual reading kind of like you, a book club with Jesus, that uh, this is now my time to to read a book and to get through it and add it to my Goodreads page, my Goodreads app, and right. oh, I, you know, I finished <laughs> my three, three books for the month. Um, so spiritual reading is so good because these are words of very holy people and of saints and of church fathers um, who have insight into the Lord that can help us on our journey and on our way. So when when it comes to spiritual reading, praise God that, Um, you can have a book where that enables you to draw closer to Jesus in your prayer, Um, that you read a sentence that a saint writes or whatever is in your book, whatever spiritual book that you're reading, you read that phrase and then that draws your heart to actually have a heart to heart with him. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to finish as many chapters as possible, but um, the Lord is speaking through those words and does that enable you to then have a heart to heart with the Lord about what you just read? Because again, it's
0: about relationship. Yeah. It's a relationship that's the with a God who. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, well, so, Father, a little bird told me that four days ago there was a book uh, published called Something Like Jesus Make Me Fully Alive 30 Holy Hour Reflections. <laughs> I've heard of this. Yeah. Have you heard of this book? <laughs> i may have heard of it before <laughs> we're laughing because father tim and as our spiritual director today is the author of this book with a foreword on it by bishop cousins from the diocese of crookston and and the head guy for our eucharistic uh revival and eucharistic congress coming up this summer so tell us a little bit uh about the book father
2: it's definitely one it's uh, it's still surprising to me um being like having a book published because my grammar is the worst ever. Um, I don't know how I got through grade school, um, but praise God for editors at Ave Maria Press. Um, and it, it basically is just the fruit of so much prayer that I've had here at the Newman Center working with college kids, um, just desiring them to be alive, to be fully alive in him. And it's amazing to see how many students who attend mass and go to adoration regularly, seeing how they've moved from uh, living this, this half-life, this zombie life on campus to totally being fully alive and being fully themselves with Jesus because, because of their prayer, they can't help but be fully alive. And so um, the book is a a help. It's a guide to becoming fully alive through your prayer. Um, And so the book, the first section of the book, um I basically just give uh explanations um and a guide to how you can um make a holy hour, how you do it, what is a holy hour, what is prayer, um, how do you yeah, how do you fight boredom in your prayer? What do you actually do? What is Lexio Divina? What is imaginative prayer? Um, what is spiritual reading? What is spiritual journaling? So I explain all of these things and then the second part of the book is 30 holy hour reflections mm. that go through different topics it's a short reflection for that day um, and then a prompt for lectio divina and then a prompt for imaginative prayer nice. so it's all there for you to be able to um, do a holy hour well and
0: um, become fully alive in jesus Nice. Very good. Again, the book is Jesus Make Me Fully Alive, 30 Holy Hour Reflections by Father Tim Anastas, our spiritual director to, for today for, as we are talking about, making a holy hour. If you have questions or comments to make about making holy hours, the difference that it's made in your life, or how to make it better, uh, how to actually grow in your relationship with the Lord in and through your holy hour, give us a call and join the conversation at 888 Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine, Or send us an email, interluxed. More of your phone calls and emails coming up after this short break on Making a Holy Hour with our spiritual director, Father Tim Anastas. We'll be right back. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers, invites high school juniors, seniors, and recent graduates to study the great books this summer at UD's two-week-long Arete program while earning three hours of college credit. Info at RelevantRadio.com slash UDallas. Welcome back to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Centevich, our producer, and Miranda Sinicero is taking your phone calls today. And we've had a lot of phone calls for, for which we're grateful. Hang on, there. We'll see if we can get a number of you on the on the program I'm talking about making a holy hour today with our spiritual director, Father Tim Anastas. If you'd like to join the conversation, our number is 888-914-9149. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Father, I wanted to talk to you a little bit to you about uh, specifically um, what benefit there is in making a holy hour or even, as we said before, a holy 10 minutes in the presence of Jesus sacramentally. So either in our parish church or chapel in front of the tabernacle or even in front of, of course, the blessed sacrament exposed in the monstrance.
2: And I think you just said it, that it is, it is Jesus yeah. truly present in the Eucharist and there, there is nothing better than being able to make a holy hour or spend time with, with Jesus. I mean, the Eucharist is basically like a nuclear reactor. That um, You go into a nuclear reactor, and you may not feel anything, but you are being affected, and you're being changed at an atomic level. And when we are with the Lord, when we are with Him and receiving His radiating love um, in the Eucharist, we can't help but be, be changed and transformed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know that there's such benefit to that. We've had testimonies to that already on the show. I tell you what, Father, though, I think there's, there's other questions and comments about that specifically. So let's go back to the phones. We've got Larry calling in from Santa Clarita, California. Larry, welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning.
1: Good morning. I I just have a quick question. We have a, a live stream of the demonstrants the of, of the Blessed Sacrament. And so I was just wondering, is that You know, I'm not looking at it as a replacement for going to the chapel and and, um, spending a holy hour there, but what are your feelings on, you know, virtual adoration?
2: Yeah, I think that's a a great question. And uh, praise God that there are so many more um, churches that are providing, you know, live streams of Eucharistic adoration. Um, and, like, as you said, you, it's not a replacement for actually going and being with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. But I, I guess I see it like, um, you know, if the same thing as looking at uh, the image, an icon of a saint or gazing upon the crucifix, that, yeah, if you're not able to, you know, actually go to Eucharistic adoration, Gazing upon the Eucharist, looking at saint icons and, and images of our Lord um, brings us closer to Him. Like the Lord absolutely works through that. We are we're such an incarnate people where we need things to gaze upon. We need things to look at. And the Lord um, inspires prayer through that. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you that it shouldn't be a replacement for adoration in person, but... Um, it is so good, especially for people who may be homebound who can't right. make it to
0: to the chapel. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. There could be a, a great uh, great benefit for them uh, in that as well. I mean, we run right here in Relevant Radio, we run the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every noon following the inner life. So, I mean, it's, a, it's not a substitute for attending Mass in person, but we see it as that important that uh, people have an opportunity to engage with the Lord that way in a spiritual way as well. So Larry, good question. Thank you so much for that. Let's go now to Rita calling in from Marshfield, Wisconsin. Rita, welcome.
4: Thank you. Uh,
5: I like what you said about Larry and, the, uh, the seeing the the monstrance on TV or on your internet, because I always felt it was beautiful, but it never did the same thing for me. Um, although I, I respect it for people that are homebound. Um, I have been um, adoring in Marshall since we started. And, um, well, I started 17 years ago. I was still working, and I worked nights. And So then after work, I would go at um, 3 a.m., which was good because I was wide awake from all the activity at work. And um, it kind of was the end of my day for me, not the middle of the night. It was just more the end of my day. So I, uh, in the beginning, I didn't know much about it, but I prayed, and um, a lot of times I was because I was going through a very difficult time in my life. I uh, I would cry, and I would ask the Lord to help me with my um, with my problems, and um, I believe that He did. Um, I I was I became stronger. I know I became stronger. Um, person and um, remain faithful. And um, as the years went on, I've prayed from the scriptures mostly, um, sometimes a book. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've just sat there and um, if I was very distracted, I would just slowly pray the rosary. And that always, always seemed to bring me back. Um, you know, meditating on each mystery. Um, it just always brought me back to being silent with God. And yeah. that's, where, um, that's where I mostly gained more of a relationship with Jesus by being silent and uh, just listening. So instead of bringing all my problems in, I was just asking him to be with me and give him what he wanted, what he thought I needed. Whatever he thought that I needed um, is what I asked for.
2: Wow, Rita, that's very, very beautiful. I, I just want to reiterate that for anyone um, who just uh, tuned in. Rita said something very profound. She said that um, it was when she was silent and experienced the Lord in silence, in the quiet, that He was, he really moved in her heart. Um, And I think we talked about that earlier on the show, that that desire that we all have to kind of prove things to the Lord and like to just do all of these things for him within our holy hour. But here is Rita who has shared something very profound that, well, it's actually when I was quiet and silent with the Lord,
0: that's that's when he moved most. Thanks. Thank you, Rita, for your testimony. Rita, I really like that um, as well. It's a great reminder. In fact, we had Mark email in as well saying he's never boarded adoration because um, there's th- what's most effective to him is simply to adore, look deep into the host, and see Jesus spiritually, and he sees me, which is mm. fantastic. Yeah, the the essence of contemplation. And so, so, so great that you've shared that as well, Mark. Let's uh, go now to Kathleen calling in from South Bend, Indiana. Kathleen, only a couple minutes left, but what do you have for us?
4: Hi. um just wanted to let you know that adoration has been important to me all my life uh, I am very excited that you have that at Newman Center now I'm a former Newman center um member from you oh, know wonderful of Illinois. and um it's it's just wonderful um one of the things I would say just real quickly is Jesus is real and he's really present and the Blessed sacrament. And one of the ways that I learned that was in childhood, I was going through some really tough times and I would stop at a chapel, a Catholic chapel, and I'd just sit there and I would go in and feel like the worst person in the world and I'd be curled up in a ball in the back, just kind of like hoping that God wouldn't smite me because that's the way we were taught. You know, God was a angry God. And, and um, by the time my time of adoration would end he would be inviting me forward closer to him and i would just relax in his presence and i can't say that i had any big spiritual experiences just the experience of acceptance from him mm. and mm-hmm. i just i would just say jesus is real and people may think oh i'm not i'm not good enough to go to adoration i have really bad problems or i'm a mess they may want to clean up their act before they come to Jesus, but just mm. I just want to pass on to them, come as you are, Jesus ate with sinners before they cleaned up, and He wants you now.
0: Uh, amen. Kathleen, I'm just going to jump in to let Father respond before we have to ask for His blessing. Thank you for the call, though. Father?
2: Yeah, thank you, Kathleen. And uh, honestly, your words, I need to to hear that, too, because um, that is that is what the Lord wants. And anyone who is listening who may feel like, yeah, he's I'm I'm worried that God is going to smite me or he's going he's going to destroy me in some way. You you said it best. Jesus is real and the Lord is so real. Um and he has chosen you. You are worthy and you are you are
0: absolutely loved. Thank you, Kathleen. Mm. It's such a blessing to hear from you, Kathleen, to hear from all of our callers. I apologize to those we couldn't get on the air, our emailers as well, because there are so many people who have been touched by the holy hours that they make. And that's been our conversation today, making a holy hour with Father Tim Anastas. Father, as we close the show, would you give us your blessing, please? Absolutely. May Almighty God bless you and keep you.
2: May he send his most sacred heart upon you and conform your heart to his. That he may love you with his perfect love and may almighty god bless you the father
0: and the son and the holy spirit Amen. Well, what a great conversation on making a holy hour. If you didn't get your questions answered, of course, you can always call in to Father Simon coming up in just a couple of hours here at 1, 1 p.m. Central. He's got some great things to offer in terms of Eucharistic adoration as well. He is an expert, so give him a call. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Tomorrow on the program, we're getting into liturgical music with Father Matthew Spencer. Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace.